morning. Listen, we're going to get ready to offer a prayer this morning. So those of y'all in the building, if you've got two good legs and they're not hurting this morning, come on, stand to your feet this morning and give the Lord a hand praise, amen, in the building. Those of you all who are watching virtually, come on, just begin to set the atmosphere in your home. Begin to clap your hands. Begin to make some noise for Jesus. For he is worthy of the praise. He is worthy to be glorified. Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, God, to give you all the praise, God. We come to magnify you this morning, God. We come to lift you up this morning, Father, God. We come to tell you thank you on today, Father, God. Thank you for another opportunity, God, to come into your presence, Father, God. Thank you for your love and kindness, Lord. Thank you for your mercy toward us, Father, God. Thank you for your peace on today, Father, God. Thank you, Lord, for your joy on today, Father, God. We thank you, Lord, for your compassion for us on today, Father, God, that you continue to want over us father that you continue to keep us and strengthen us on our day-to-day -day duties on today father look we just come to magnify you in this place father god we come to make you large in this place father god for you are a mighty god you are an awesome god you are all loving god you are kind god and look we just come to bless your name today father god i thank you that we can come together in unity and oneness god and lift up the name of jesus god look we thank you for your son today god we thank you that you gave your only begotten son lord that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life father and lord we come to lift up that name god for you said that if i be lifted up from the earth i will draw men unto me father god and we just ask that you begin to draw on today god we ask you to draw in the lost souls on today father god draw in that wayward child god draw in that wayward son that wayward daughter on today father god draw them in with loving kindness on today father god bring forth your power today God bring forth your anointing today father God we expect miracles in this place God we expect signs and wonders to manifest right now in the name of Jesus God Lord you're welcome here today father God you're welcome God we welcome your presence father God in our homes God in our living room in our bedroom father God wherever we are God in your presence on today God you are there right now in the name of Jesus God and Lord we come to tell you thank you father God thank you on today Father God. And Lord, we just begin to release your healing power, God. Throughout this sanctuary, God. Throughout the, the, the innermost parts of our body on today, God. That you will touch, God. You will heal, God. And deliver our bodies from all sickness, all disease on today, Father God. That there will be no room, God, for any sickness, any illness, any plague, God. It shall not come nigh our dwelling, Father. I place the blood of Jesus over our body, God. From the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, God. But you said that by your stripes, we are healed on today, God, and we believe your report on today, Father God. We thank you on today, God, that you're delivering us from this coronavirus, Father God. That, Lord, it will not take another person's life, Father God. It will not have the power to infiltrate their bloodstream on today, God. We call forth the cure, God, for this virus on today, God. That, Lord, it will not hinder the breathing, the lungs, God, the faculties of their members in their body on today, Father God. That you're going to bring forth restoration, God. You're going to bring forth divine healing, God. You're going to strengthen the doctors, the nurses, the medical staff, Father God, to handle, God, everything that's connected to this virus, Father. And we decree victory on today, Father God. We decree victory over this virus, God. We decree victory in our bodies on today, Father God, that we're going to stand, God, that we are the temple, and our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost on today, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, that you're protecting us, God. You're watching over us, Father God, that no hurt, harm, or death 
danger is coming nigh our dwelling, God. I place the blood over our doorpost of our home, God. I place the blood, God, over the window seals on today, Father God. I place the blood over the walls, Father God, that no enemy, God, no spirit, God, can be able to infiltrate our homes and our presence of where you dwell at on today, Father God. I loose the blessings of God. I loose your angels of protection, God, to go in, God, and to begin to cover our homes right now in the name of Jesus, God, that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper, God. I lose life today, God. I lose peace today, Father God. We release the joy of the Lord to be our strength, God. And as the sound comes, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the string instrument player, God. We thank you for the good time in Brother Mike, God. We thank you for the percussion, God, with Brother Isaiah, God, that, Lord, we're going to go forth as we have the sound, God, of the instruments to flow, and we have the melodies of the voices, God, that we're going to bombard heaven with praise. We're going to bombard heaven with worship. We don't have to have the full band, God, but we're going to go forth and we're going to bless your name. I believe there are some people that are in the building. If you would make a shout unto the Lord, if you would make a sound with your voice, if you would make a clapping with your hands, if you would make a stomping with your feet, we will create a full band in this place. But Lord, we thank you that we can lift up our voice and praise your holy name. But Lord, you said if we don't praise you, the rocks will cry out. And God, I thank you, Lord, that there are enough of us, enough of us in this building that we're touching and agreeing, God, and that your presence is here, your power is here, your anointing is here, and we're going to move by your power in the name of Jesus. Come on, as the sound comes, make some noise for Jesus in this place. Come on, be free to worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be free to praise. <laughs> be free to worship. Hallelujah. Be free to praise. Come on, the sound. Hallelujah. Come on and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You are going to be our choir this morning. We're going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we honor and we praise you, oh God, and we magnify you for what you're doing in this place. Come on, every praise belongs to our God. And Father, we came to worship and magnify you. Can y'all be out quiet this morning? Come on, here we go. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship went on a core. Come on, every what? Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Come on, sing hallelujah.
He's an awesome God. And we praise him that every praise belongs to our God. We worship you, Jesus. Every praise belongs to you, God. We honor you, Jesus, because you are a great God, oh God. We praise you, Jesus. It belongs to you. It belongs to you, Jesus. Can we sing that one more time? God, I say.
just work things out. Amen. We thank God for tracks. We thank God for Brother Mike and Brother Isaiah. Amen. I'm telling you, God is good. When I pulled in the parking lot, I seen Sister Denise with her tambourine. I said, well, we got some, we got some, we got some noise in the building. We got some, some things that'll make some sounds. Amen. So the tambourine ministry is here. Amen. She didn't know that, she didn't know that the keyboard play was going to be, but she was ready. Amen. I'm telling you, we give God the praise, so we thank God for the praise and worship. Uh, we thank God for each and every one of you all. You look amazing this morning. Give yourself a hand, praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You look amazing. Well, listen, let's move forward in our service on this morning. Um, we're going to uh, prepare to take up our tithes and offering and uh, just bless God's people. Amen. And uh, we allow you to bless God. Amen. And, and so your tithes and offering. Amen. And, your seed on this morning so this morning this is super abundant seed sunday amen so we're taking our tithes and our offering and our super abundant seed amen so we're believing god to be a debt-free ministry um as we sow toward this building fund to pay this off and then once this is paid off we don't know what god is going to take us and lead us into in our next but we just believe god for greatness amen 
And so we expect to not just be a debt-free ministry, but a debt-free people. Amen. So every time you sow, amen, and you sow into that Super Monday Seed Sunday, we believe God is going to release your debt and we're going to all be debt-free. Amen. So I stand in agreement because I believe God. I want God to do supernatural debt cancellation in the lives of his people. Amen. He's well able to do it. Amen. I'm telling you, we believe God. So those of you all who are watching online, you can go to our website, www.newcovncwc.com, and you can click the Give tab, and you can select the drop-down box for tithes and offerings. You're giving toward our abundant seed. It says abundant, uh, abundant seed on that particular drop-down. And those of you all who have our Easy Tide app, if you have not downloaded that app, I'm telling you that's the easiest, the best way to give and to track your giving um, on a week-to-week -week basis. You get automatic emails sent. It keeps a record of what you've given for the entire year. So download the app. It's called Easy Time. You can download the app, search for New Covenant Worship Center, Joliet, Illinois. Get that app, set it up. The zip code is 60435. Put it in your checking account or your debit card, and you can have everything right at your fingertips to give every week. Amen. Without having to enter in emails and all the other various uh, information for your financial information. Also, you can text to give. Amen. That information is there. 815-513-6262. You can text to give. And those of you all who do not have any technological means, you can still mail with the United States Postal Service to 2423 Glenwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 60435. Amen. So we thank God for that. Those of you all who need an envelope in the building, please raise your hand. And Brother Terrence will supply you with an envelope this morning. We appreciate everybody that continues to give and support the ministry. That we can continue to thrive in the midst of this pandemic. Amen. And in the midst of everything that God has truly kept us, he supplied each and every one of our needs for the ministry. We continue to see growth and increase in our resources. And we appreciate every person that gives. Amen. Amen. Because a lot of ministries did not survive. Um, because once people couldn't go into the building, they stopped giving. And even if there were technical means to give, people were not giving. Amen. But I thank God that we stood the course of time and and we persevered through these uh, about 20 months now, probably, of this pandemic. But God is yet gracious toward us. And he continues to meet all of our needs. Amen. Come on, Minister Oliver, you can finish receiving the offering. Instructing the people and praise the Lord. First Sunday, October. We are in the fourth quarter, twenty twenty one. Amen. We're still here. We're still topside. We have the use of our limbs. Sound mind. And a desire to praise God. Amen. From whom all blessings flow. 
great and small. Thank God for everyone who is here today. When we're ready, started on my right. to piggyback on Apostle in the grace and the blessings that God has bestowed upon us throughout the pandemic. God has graced us and blessed us with the means to continue the ministry. That's a blessing. That is a blessing because as he said, a lot of places didn't make it. Not just businesses. Amen. Amen. But our doors stayed open. And we're still in the business of God. Amen. And we're thankful for that on my left when you're ready. And not only has he graced us and blessed us, he's kept us from the pandemic. Even those who succumbed to it or contracted it. He brought us through. Not everybody has that testimony either. So you talk about the goodness of God. To be able to be here and to be able to have the means to sustain not just us but the house of God. That's excess and abundance. Above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's the word. We thank God for that this morning. So Father, we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your unmerited favor and allowing us just one more opportunity to come before your throne and to thank you for everything you've done and everything you will do. Father, we thank you for your arms of protection. Father, we thank you for your son Jesus, for his shed blood for the remission of sin, for the healing power in his blood. Father, we thank you for the healing in the ministry, for those who are sick, who were sick, for those who may even become sick. We thank you, Lord, because we know you've already healed them. And Father, we thank you for those who are able to make it out today, for the use of limbs, for strength in our bodies, for a sound mind, the ability to speak, we thank you for the little things. We thank you for the great things. We thank you for the things that we take for granted. We thank you right now. We thank you. It was only by your grace. You said in your word, your grace is sufficient. That's all we have. Father is your grace. Father, we ask you to continue to grace us. Continue to bless us. Continue to keep us safe from dangers both seen and unseen and we give you all the glory honor and the praise because you alone are worthy and it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen, amen. we give God praise um, I'm going to have uh, Minister Doran she come up and give her announcement about our harvest festival so that, that way you all can see her and then you all can get this announcement harvest festival coming up October 30th for our children ages five and up so minister Doran
um, she's working and she's over our children's ministry, her minister Eric, amen, and um, Sister Juanita, amen, they work with the young people in the youth ministry, amen, so I'm going to have her give her announcements and then we'll get those other announcements, amen. Good morning, New Covenant. On October 30th, um, that's a Saturday between 2 and 5, we're just going to have a harvest festival in the parking lot. We'll see how many kids we have, first of all. But um, if we don't have a lot of them, we just come probably inside the building. But just something small, just something for we to be able to keep the kids engaged. I want to, that's my goal, is to try to have something every few months for the kids to have something to do. Back in May, we had a movie night. We, we had like five young men actually that came out and I think it was pretty good um my friend uh, he's a lieutenant stateville and then minister eric you know he has two masters in psychology so he and, and um minister ron they taught the young men so that was that was really good then we were trying to have something to go to for this month as well try to go to great america but we didn't get anyone to sign up but one one parent signed up one child so we canceled that so we're going to try to do this as well. so hopefully we can get some kids to come out i need some volunteers for but I'll be in contact with you. If you do decide to sign up, let's get some kids first. Um, I had a parent contact me, so we have two kids so far that signed up. But we just gonna play games. I'm gonna try to do like face painting, maybe have popcorn, you know, a variety of things. But just uh, just have some fun, basically. So hopefully and prayerfully, we can get some kids to sign up. I appreciate your continued support. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Listen, bring your young people out. Amen. Ages five and up on that October 30th. Amen. We are definitely hey, trying to move forward and get our children back engaged. Amen. In children's ministry. Um, even if you have a niece or a nephew. Amen. That, you know, hey, that they don't have any place to fellowship or whatever the case may be to get around other kids just to have a good time and to, uh, you know, interact with one another. Amen. So uh, Minister Eric and uh, Minister Dorian and Sister Wendy, they do an awesome job with the children's ministry. And we thank God for them. And um, what God is doing. Amen? Amen. All right. Tuesday night is men's prayer call, 8.30 p.m. Uh, is our men's prayer call um, every Tuesday night. So we appreciate the men for standing and being on the prayer call on a weekly basis. And then Thursday night is Bible study. We open up at 6.30 with prayer. And then afterwards, afterwards we go into the word of God. Amen? Amen. Um, after service, I need to see Deacon Jean. Deacon Jean, not Deacon Jean. I was looking at them bad shoes he had on and it threw me off. Amen. <laughs> Deacon Jerry, Minister Oliver, and uh, Sister Bridget Mason. And Pastor Bernice, after service. Amen. And um, I think that's it. Y'all ready for the word? Oh, also, let me, let me give a, a thanks to, um, we honored our educators on last week. I'm telling you, it was absolutely phenomenal. Amen. For our educators, they received their gift. Look at them on the screen. I'm telling you, they were absolutely uh, amazed. Uh, there's some photos that'll come later, amen. But I'm excited for what God is doing and how God blessed, uh, blessed us to be able to be a blessing and just to encourage educators and teachers and those that work in the uh, school system. Listen, they are dealt with so many challenges that you cannot even imagine in this day and time. Um, and so we just want to keep them covered in prayer. Uh, I thank God for Sister Brianna uh, Trevino, which is Minister Season, Sister Elsa's daughter. Um, she's a teacher now, but she teaches um, um, special education um, to sixth to eighth graders. And she took a portion of her gift and she's going to buy supplies for her classroom. Those of you all, when you get a chance, check your email. I sent the thank you video that she sent out. It was absolutely beautiful. And she just showed the kids. And I'm telling you, it takes a grace to minister to special needs children. And I thank God that that is definitely in her heart. Uh, her mom's, you know, she uh, deals with a special needs child um, also with her 
um, with who she takes care of, one of her uh, clients, amen. So I'm just grateful for the Trevino family and their love for people. And Sister Brianna, she went on and she's been overseas. What the country did she go to? Um, Thailand and did missionary work a few years back. She's just an anointing woman of God. She got married last year, right? Last year, two, two years ago? Already been two years, wow, I'm telling you. Time is moving, amen. But she's a teacher in the Chicago public school system, so we're just thankful for that. And all the educators that do a phenomenal, awesome job at teaching our children, give them a hand praise, amen. All right, I think we got all of our announcements out the way. Everything is pretty much uh, covered in that area. And uh, we're looking forward to closing out this last quarter of 2021. But let's start off in this first Sunday, amen. So listen, we're, we have been in this series, uh, Seed Time and Harvest, and um, God is just so amazing. I want to put this disclaimer out there first off. Uh, some of y'all may have been looking at John Hannah this morning, and I promise you, when I finished looking over my notes and getting things ready, I turned on John Hannah for his 7.30 morning service. I mean, I said, you all up in my scriptures, all up in my message today. I said, these folks don't think I went in here and heard John and preached his message. But I have a whole nother, because we're talking about seed time and harvest. But I want you to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. God knows what his people need. And I'm telling you, it doesn't, if you get under the word and the word of God is being released under true men and women of God, you'll get what you need. And so I appreciate Pastor John Hannah. I'm telling you. God just brings confirmation and he's so good. Amen. And I just thank God for his ministry. I thank God they had a great uh, three day celebration of their new building that they um, it's been open since the early part of this year. But I'm saying it's they had a grand opening service and ribbon cutting. It was absolutely phenomenal. They had Pastor Mike Todd. They had Apostle Ivy Hilliard and they had Bishop T.D. Jakes to come in. All three nights were phenomenal. I'll tell you all later about Bishop uh, Ivy Hilliard tonight, but it's going to be it's, it's good. We're going to get the message first. We're going to. Bless God and just allow him to move in this place. Is that all right? Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16 and 1 Samuel 17. Um, so we're in this series, part four of Seed, Time, and Harvest. Um, and God gave me this series to, to begin to teach and talk about uh, the importance of how we sow, what we sow. And knowing that whatever you sow, you shall reap. The Bible says, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. And so we have to begin to understand that principle, understand uh, the concept, the value of it, and to implement it in our life and recognize to be careful what we sow because we're going to reap it. And so you have, we talked about how important it is that the seed of the word of God that's planted in our heart, um, how our soil has to be in order to uh, allow that seed to grow, allow that seed to mature and for us to reach our harvest. We talked about having the love of God, having faith, uh, speaking life to your seed. Um, and, and all those things have to be within your soil in order for your seed to grow and to prosper and to reach its full potential and to harvest what God desires for you to receive and what he has for us. And so we have to be in a place to believe what God has put in us and believe his word. We have to know the power of his word. And so today we're going to talk about uh, the seed time and harvest. And you have to be careful that nobody begins to speak doubt, unbelief and, and, and curse your seed. So be careful who's speaking about your seed. So you got to watch what other people would try to deposit in your soil to corrupt your seed. 
And so today we're going to see that in the life of David. And we're going to see that in, in this particular illustration. We, we talk about this. This story can bring forth so many revelations. And that's why I so encouraged with Pastor John this morning. And just what God will give us. And he'll give you different things. You can have this same scripture and find so many different messages out of this same scripture and same set of principles. And, and God will give you the revelation of what you need. And so today, I want us to see David. And we're going to read some of these scriptures today because I want you to get the fullness of it. Is that all right? right. Y'all ready? Yes. So 1 Samuel 16, seed time and harvest. Watch what people speak over your seed. Now today we're going to deal with this seed of confidence. Okay. Because David has confidence in who God is and he has confidence in himself. And the enemy tries to come in and steal our confidence and he tries to get us into a place to, to feel devalued, to feel uh, dejected, to feel less than and to not understand who we are in the kingdom. And so we have to be in a position to walk in the confidence of who God has created us to be. You cannot allow the enemy to begin to try to speak you uh, out of who you are and to talk you out of the power that you possess. Because his assignment is to get you down, to get you to a place of feeling defeated, to get you to a place of feeling uh, uh, sorrowful for yourself and, and having these particular pity parties. But you have to begin to be reassured that God's confidence is in you and God has given you confidence in his word. And we have to take that stance. And so I'm going to define confidence before I read these scriptures and then we're going to get into the word. So confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, firm trust. Confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something, firm trust. We put what? Our confidence in God. So we have trust in God. Another definition uh, for confidence is the state of feeling certain about the truth of something. And so the next definition that we're going to use is a feeling of self-assurance. Arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities. Let me read that again. A feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities. I want you to take confidence in your abilities and your qualities. Stop allowing people to try to make you feel as though your attributes, your qualities, your skill set is insignificant. You have to know that what you possess is valuable to who you are. It's valuable to where God wants to take you. It's valuable for you to fulfill your assignment. And so you have to be reassured in who you are. I want you to be confident in who you are. And so as you cultivate the seed of confidence, it's going to harvest victory. Oh, my God. See, as you cultivate the seed of harvest, it will it will begin to harvest victory. Many of us are missing out on the victories in our walk with Christ is because we're not confident in who we are. We've allowed people to place stereotypes and stigmas and place particular their opinions of who we are based on their perception. And so you have to know who you are according to God's word. He has said that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He said that I am the head and not the tail. He said I am above and not beneath. He said I shall be the first and not the last and so you have to be confident in what God has spoken concerning who we are and we have to have resting assurance that you know what I believe that see what the enemy does he brings in the doubt and he makes you to not believe because confidence is believing in yourself yeah. 
And so a lot of times, you know, we don't believe in ourselves because what happens is we compare ourselves to others. Oh, my God. We, we, we compare ourselves to others and see what happens is the reason why your neighbor is excelling is because they've taken their confidence to the next level. It's because they were confident in what God has given them in their natural yeah. giftings and yeah. their abilities. They put it into full operation. Yeah. Yeah. See, no longer can we allow what happened as we taught on Thursday night with Joseph Brothers, that spirit of jealousy to come in, that spirit of hatred to come in, because we're going to see the final result of that on Thursday night when we teach in Genesis 38 but I'm just that's just a shameless plug of Bible study for you to get here and tune in because it's gonna be amazing and so anyway so so you have to begin to get into the place of understanding the, the, the grace of the confidence that God has given you and to begin to walk in it because if you're constantly comparing yourself on other people's victories you're gonna lose sight of what you should be doing and this is what we get captivated by I can't become captivated and just all, I mean, just all woozy about the blessings and what God is doing in Pastor John Hannah's ministry. And I get all focused and not do what God has called me to do in my assignment because God has graced him to shepherd 10,000, 15,000. And God, I have to be confident that you've graced me to shepherd my 250. And so you cannot get into the place of lose confidence based on where somebody else has tapped into and what they've been graced to do be confident in who you are and if you would nurture that confidence he'll possibly take you to the next level and increase you to 300 or 400 members but you gotta be confident in who you are and rest assured in your skill set and your ability don't doubt yourself I'm here to encourage you after today all doubt is removed after today you're gonna be reassured in who you are after today you're gonna stand on what God has promised you after today you're gonna Press forward beyond what your grandmama told you what you couldn't do. What your brothers and your sisters said you would not amount up to be. What your particular peers in your classroom said. Oh, you were designated the class clown back in high school. But let me see you now. I see that you own land. I see you got a great business. I see you got a prospering marriage. Oh, because what you were in seed form has now reproduced and brought forth a harvest that nobody expected to see. Why? Because they were looking at you in clown stage and now you're in your anointed phase. Oh, I ain't gonna get no help in here. I don't need you to keep remembering me of what I was and what I used to be. I need you to see me in my harvest season. I need you to see me in my reaping season. Oh, that was just a process I was going through. I was clowning because I was immature. I was clowning because I wanted attention. But now I have confidence that God has given me all the attention I'll ever need. Why? Because he's called me his son. He called me his daughter. He called me his friend. Oh, I need somebody to listen to the word on last week. I'm a friend of God. Why? Because I obey his commandments. Oh, my God. Ooh, Jesus. My God. I have not even read the scripture yet. Y'all got to slow down and back up. You're going too fast now. Jesus. Come on, Minister Ted. Help me preach this thing this morning. Man. So, so listen. Let me slow down. So 1 Samuel 16, and let's go to verse 11. Now, Samuel has been given the assignment to go and find the next person to anoint king. God has already deemed for Saul that the anointing has lifted off of him, and he's going forth to choose another king because Saul disobeyed the commands of God. Right. Did we, that's just a backdrop. 
So here it is. Samuel has gone and been sent to Jesse's house. And he's been given the assignment to find the next king in Jesse's house. And Jesse brings forth all of his sons, uh, all seven of them, but he does not bring the eighth one. And they say, well, be, is there somebody else here? And Jesse says, I have my son who's outside tending to the sheep and tending to the shepherds. And so we're going to pick it up at verse 11. It says, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest. Jesse replied. But now, see, when you read, I keep getting more revelation. Than gotta, then I got to back up and stop again. So y'all highlight because notice this. Highlight there is still the youngest. See, see, see some of us. <laughs> I still operate in the youngest phase and people will see you in your youngest state, but they don't know how you've matured at even being young because you can be young and be mature because you can be old and be immature. And so and he said, there is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Now notice what Jesse places upon David's lot. He, he doesn't feel as though he was significant enough to even be included in the conversation or brought to the table because he's just being obedient to his assignment of tending to the sheep and goats. He said, definitely he can't be king material. And see, this is where you have to be reassured that no matter what other people place upon you, don't allow them to label you as something that you're not. Just because you're in a season of shepherding does not mean you don't have the anointing to be king. Oh my God. Just because you're in a season of tending to sheep and goats does not mean you don't have the grace and the anointing to become king. And so here it is. This is why you have to be careful of what people speak over your seed. So he said he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. He said, send them for him. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Oh my God. He says, so Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. I'm in the NLT version. He said he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Do what? Anoint him. Now, I want you to highlight that. He said, anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Highlight that. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Listen, Samuel came. He obeyed the assignment. Joseph obeyed his dad when he called him in. I mean, not just David obeyed his father, Jesse, when he called him in. And notice this. Samuel anoints David. But David does not go to the throne. He anoints him, but he goes back to the field. But when the anointing is on you, you go back to the field to gain and to grow at a greater level. Because prior to the anointing being on you, you were growing in your natural ability. But when the oil is placed upon you, now you grow supernaturally. And so God is preparing him for a supernatural experience, but I can't not deal with the supernatural until I've been anointed. And see, some of us have not allowed our seed of confidence to be anointed in us because we've allowed so many people to talk doubt and unbelief about us, to tell you that you're not that, to tell you that you're too much, to tell you that you talk too much, tell you that you read, that you, you, you know, you, you, you gossip too much, tell you that you 
ain't this and you ain't that and you nasty and you, you, you'll never make it, you'll never grow. You cannot allow those things to infiltrate your heart and get into your soil because they will stifle the growth of your seed of confidence yeah. and you'll find yourself intimidated by those who are look stronger than you, those that look more mightier than you, those that look more beautiful than you and so don't allow other things to intimidate you and take away your confidence because everybody was in grace to be on the on the swimsuit edition of the Sports Illustrated magazine. Everybody hasn't been graced with that body or that capacity. Baby, if I'm just in my living room or in my, in my, my bathroom after my shower and I look at myself in the mirror, I'm just as fine as that Sports Illustrated model laid out for everybody to see. I see myself in my private room and I look beautiful. I'm fine. I'm sexy. I look good. You got to speak that to yourself because why? That's building up your confidence. But if you keep on comparing yourself to the model, baby, that's not the assignment for you. Stay in your lane and God will bless your pathway. Oh, Jesus. So listen, keep going, y'all. We got to go to 17. We got to go to 17. So now, I, I want you to, I, I had to read you 16 because I want you to point out because a lot of times we teach about David, we teach the fact, oh yeah, he overcame Goliath with the stone and his sling, but the only reason why he overcame him is because he had been anointed. Yeah. <laughs> Goliath does not come until the anointing comes. See, some devils that you're dealing with now are not the same devils you dealt with 10 years ago because you're at another level. And see, as you grow and as you increase in knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding, the enemies that come, they become greater and they become seen to be, to be more powerful. But now that you're anointed and now that you have a greater revelation of who you are, now that you're confident in who God has created you to be, that there is no weapon that's formed against you that will be able to prosper. you got to begin to speak to that mountain and command that thing to be thrown into the sea. You got to command it to be cast down. Now, because the power of God is upon you and you're confident and reassured in who you are. Because why? I have given you the anointing of the power of God and there is no Goliath that can come against you. There is no Goliath that can defeat you. There is no Goliath that can intimidate you. Why? Because the anointing's on you. So now, let's, let's, let's go to 1 Samuel 17. So here it is. God has positioned the children of Israel, the, the, the nation of Israel, and King Saul to go to war and battle against the Philistines. Now the Philistines have taken confidence in a man. They've taken confidence in Goliath. As long as Goliath is taunting the people and taunting the army of Israel into a place of fear. Because what he does is he's speaking and he's releasing threats in order to get them into a place of fear. So when they hear the threats, the seed of fear is being planted. So let's let's, let's look at the scripture because I'm going to read it to you and then I'm going to break it down. Let's start at verse 8. It says, Goliath stood and, sh and shouted a taunt across, the Israel across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Notice. Highlight that. Because the enemy is always trying to talk you out of who you are. 
and to make you feel less than and to belittle you. Notice he said, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. So in other words, he's superior to them and he's making a note that I'm mightier than Saul's army. And so he's planting a seed of doubt in yeah. the hearts of the yeah. army of Israel. And see, if you allow people to speak things against you and speak things toward you that do not line up with God's calling that he's placed upon your life, you'll take on that nature and you'll draw back and become fearful and intimidated by the taunting threats of the Philistine champion. So I'm here to encourage you, don't allow people to speak something over you that God has not called for your life. He said, why are you all coming out to fight? He called, I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Verse 10. I defy the armies of Israel today. Notice. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, pay attention, they were terrified and deeply shaken. So, Goliath didn't even have to fight them. He only spewed out threats and intimidating words and they became shaken and terrified. And see, that's what the enemy does. He just begins to release a bunch of threats that he can't even come through and even fulfill. And that's what he tries to make you think for to believe in the threats. And if you believe in the threats and the words that the Goliath in your life is speaking to you, you will walk in a place of being uh, uh, incapacitated. You'll be in a place where not being able to fulfill and go forward. Because why? You'll be in bondage to somebody else's words. You'll be in bondage to somebody else's opinion of you. You'll be in bondage of what somebody else has spoken over you. But you have to realize that I am not going to be terrified or shaken by the intimidating words of somebody that does not know the true and living God that I serve by somebody that does not have the, 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 the understanding, the revelation the knowledge, does not have the skill set or the abilities that God has placed in me. So God said, I'm going to allow you to speak these threats to the army of Israel. Why? Because I've got somebody that's been anointed in order to take out Goliath. And see, you got to understand you've been anointed to take out whatever Goliath tries to rise up in your life. I don't care how hard it is I don't care how bad it seems I don't care how much of struggle you go I'm here to encourage you today, baby. You can overcome the situation. You can get out of the trap. You can get out of the downfall of what your parents did, of why your mama wasn't there, why your grandmama abandoned you, why you were left in a basket on the side of the road. You got to understand, God will raise up a deliverer in you. Moses was on the particular Nile River, but God said, I'm going to use you for a deliverer. You don't know just because where you started does not mean that's where you have to end up at. God got something on the inside of you. If you allow the seed of confidence, to grow up and mature and bring forth the harvest that you will walk in your victory. I cancel the assignment of defeat. I need somebody to put that in their comments. I cancel defeat. Hey, Kelebo shot. So listen, so listen. Listen. So, so David was given the assignment to go down and see about his brothers. And look at verse 16. Oh my God. He said, 
For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. I love this. He strutted. But, but, but listen, for 40 days though. See, see, the enemy's trying to wear you down. And see, if he can wear you down and he can get you to the point of place where you become weak enough to believe his threats. You become weak enough to begin to think that you are what he says you are. So for 40 days, he came with his threats and he strutted nine foot giant in his armor. Talking about I defy the armies of the is of his nation of Israel. I am the Philistine champion. And you mean it for 40 days? I hear this in my ear. How is that impacting my confidence? How is that impacting that I'm reassured that God is with me? How can 40 days God allow this particular giant to strut up against and strut in front of his army? And now his army is still shaking, still terrified, still hiding, still afraid. They don't know who they are because they've allowed their confidence to be intimidated by somebody who's just releasing threats. But I'm here to let you know that if you would get around some anointed people, that even in the midst of your situation that you're going through, God will call forth an anointed person that will come in and help pull you out of the rank, the way of the Goliath and the giant. So this is why you got to be open to the word of God. You got to be open to the prophetic. You got to be open to the releasing of the sound of the things that will come over the pulpit. The things that God will let you hear while you're in the grocery store, while you're at the supermarket, while you're at the gas station. It will be a something that will quicken in your spirit and God will push you to the next level and say, you know what? I can overcome this giant. Why? Because I heard somebody else's testimony that they overcame that. You can overcome this. So listen, listen, listen. Because I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. Tell somebody I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm confident. Come on. Come on. Listen. So, so now, 40 days, these jokers have been intimidated. They fighting, but they're not dealing with the stronghold. See, 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 they fight. They still fight, but they're not dealing with the stronghold. See, a lot of us are fighting wasted warfare because you're not dealing with the stronghold. See, Goliath was a stronghold. We're going to see it when we finish the story, y'all. See, you, you, you got to know warfare. And if you don't understand the, 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 the means of war, you'll wear yourself out by fighting something that's not even the enemy. Jesus, I said something right there. He said, because some of us are fighting something that's not really your enemy. You think it's your husband. It ain't your husband, baby. It's the spirit that's operating through that joker. If he's dealing with a lying spirit, bind up lying. If he's dealing with deceit, bind up deceit. If he's dealing with hormone, bind up hormone. You're trying to bind him up. I pray he don't wake up in the morning. That ain't no prayer. That ain't no warfare. You're loosing witchcraft and you're soothsaying divination witch. I bind you up, warlock witch spirit. You gotta begin to bind the strong man in order to overtake his house. Find out what's in his heart and you'll get that man delivered. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm going way. I'm going way farther than I intended. I'm trying to stay in the book. I'm trying to stay in the book. Jesus. Listen. Listen. I, I'm, I'm trying to help you today. Because I want you to be confident. So, 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 so David. So David's been given the assignment by his daddy. He's, now, I, I want you to know what's on David's life. 
on David's life is obedience. And so obedience opens you up to be confident. Because I obey God. And when I obey God, I see God's hand at work. And I trust in him even the more. <laughs> so, so David's been giving this sign. He said, listen. He's told Jesse, told him, he said, take these grilled cheese sandwiches down there to your brothers. He said, when you go down there and take them to this grilled cheese, he said, see what's happening and then bring me back a report. So let's look at verse 19. It said, David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Eli, fighting against the Philistines. I told you they was fighting, but they weren't dealing with Job, they were dealing with Goliath. So David left his sheep with another shepherd and went on and he came. And let's pick it up at verse 23. Are we doing good? Yeah. So 23. It says, as he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine, this is David who was talking with them. He said, as he was talking with them, Goliath the Philistine champion from Gath came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Highlight that. Now this. Here comes somebody else that hears the same thing that everybody else has been hearing for the past 40 days. But David does not take it to heart. And David does not allow it to be intimidating to him. He does not become fearful at the taunting of Goliath. He doesn't receive those words. And so he's, and so this is what happened. You can't receive the fear and intimidation and still expect to be confident. So this is why he wore down the, 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 the Israel army by 40 days taunting and strutting. And they're being intimidated in the natural by his size and the way he looks. See, you, we can't allow the enemy to begin to intimidate us by the way he looks and, and how he disguises himself in the form that he comes. And you got to know that you have the weapons of the, your weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So you got to say you're in a spiritual battle. This ain't no natural thing here. This is a spiritual battle. So he goes on, verse 24. Notice David heard the same things that everybody else heard, but David is not changing his posture. Verse 24. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. What? So as soon as they saw him, they start running. Because why? They're feeding that spirit of fear and doubt that's been planted in them. Fear will cause you to run away from your challenge. Fear will cause you to run away from your, your place of victory and your place of what you need to overcome. Fear will cause you to withdraw. Fear will cause you to pull back. Fear will cause you not to confront what's trying to destroy you. And so they were running every day, every time Goliath showed up. And it says, verse 25, have you seen the giant? Now notice how that you got you to gotta understand how they ask the question. They're asking out of a place of fear. And they're trying to input that same fear into David's confidence. Have you? Can, can, can we be real and talk? When the coronavirus first hit, we were talking about, girl, you heard such and such got corona? I ain't going over there for till next year. Girl, you heard such and such had this? Girl, uh-uh, I ain't going over there. Her, ki her kids can't come over here no more. Uh-uh. No, I'm shutting out everything. No, you, such and such had come on. They ain't coming up in church till next year. You better not let them in. They, what? See, we'll speak things and we'll gravitate and attach ourselves to someone else's perspective. 
And so that's what they were trying to do to David. Have you seen Goliath? They're trying to plant a seed in him. Have you seen he's nine feet tall? Have you seen the armor he wears? Have you seen what this did to them? Have you seen how that affected them? Have you seen how they went through that? Have you seen? And so you get fearful and intimidated. And no, he said, have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. Notice they have taken on and received what he has spoken. And now they're reiterating and sharing what he's been speaking to them because they've allowed their soil to be tainted. They've allowed their soil to be infiltrated with fear and doubt. So how can you be confident when you're allowing someone else to talk you out of who you've been who you've been created to be? You are more than a conqueror because if God before you, who then can be against you? So he says, listen, the men ask, he comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife. And the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. Verse 26. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? He said, who is, listen to this. Here, here comes a confident man speaking. David says, who is this pagan Philistine anyway? Now, David diminishes his perception of the giant because he's not seeing out of the eyes of fear like his counterparts. <laughs> oh, jeez. See, this is why you have to be careful who you go to war with. You got to be careful who's in your camp when they say they praying with you. I'm going to help you pray through this sister. I'm going to help you get through this brother. The very one that you call to be your prayer partner could be the very one praying for your demise. Could be the very one praying and loosen Sabbath ties against your relationship. That's why you got to be careful who you're hanging with. Are you on the same accord? Are we on the same mindset? Do we have the same goal and agenda? Because here it is. There, here it is in this thing. It says David called him. Who is this pagan Philistine anyway? That he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. David comes in there with a whole other perspective because he's coming in walking with confidence. Now notice this. Oh, I love God. Now, David's a young boy. But his confidence makes him larger than his physical stature. See, 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 see some people get intimidated by my stature because I'm big and tall. But then when they get to know me, they're like, oh, he's just a gentle giant. He's a teddy bear. He's this and that. Yeah, I'm a teddy bear. You know, until you mess with me. You know. <laughs> if, you, if you poke the bear wrong. You know, because I love real hard, you know, so so I love real hard. And it's, you, 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 you get, if you poke the wrong, you know, you poke the bear wrong, because it's taking a lot to poke me wrong now. But if you poke me wrong, you know, you're going to have to pray. Because God, Father God, Jesus, oh, Father God. That's what Pastor Nice come in at. And she'll Pastor Nice come in, and she'll be, oh, Father God, oh, Father God. <laughs> get him, Jesus. <laughs> so, so David, so David, he, he, he said, who is this? That is allowed. David speaking with God. Who's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? He trying to let these jokers know. Do you know who you serve? Do you know who's on your side? And you're being dejected. You're being tormented. You're being intimidated by a man. Oh my God. Listen to what he says. Let's go to scripture. Verse 22. It says, I mean verse 27. And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. 
But when David's older brother Eliab heard David talking to the men, notice this. Here come another one. Here come family. Uh oh. Here come, here come family. See, you, you thought it was just your neighbor. You thought it was just your person that sat in your pew in your row. You thought it was just your coworker. You thought it was just the person, you know, hey, that you grew up with and now they don't like you because, you know, you took their little girlfriend when you was younger. No, that ain't it. Get over it. She ain't with that joke no way anyway. She done went on to another one. <laughs> here, come, here comes Iliad, David's older brother. And he comes in and he's angry. Because he, he sees David having this conversation. And notice what he says. He says, what are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. And you got to understand where he's talking from. He's talking from the place of not being anointed king. <laughs> Y'all missing this. Can we go back? Listen, let me go. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Can we go back? Go to First Samuel 16. I ain't gonna, I'm going to let you see it because y'all y'all think I'm playing. Y'all thought I was false. That's an inside joke. Only a few people know about that. Y'all thought I was false. You want to see it? First Samuel 16, verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So Eliab had an encounter with Samuel and Samuel was ready when he first walked in. Eliab, you're the oldest, you're the one who's going to be anointed king. He said, surely you fit the part. And now all of a sudden, Eliab had to see that not none of his other brothers had been anointed king, but it came down to the youngest. And now here it is. He's out here talking to the men of the army in Israel, and they talking to my guys. He's talking to my friends, and he's getting information about what I'm doing with my business. And he gets angry because now he is now jealous because he was not chosen to be anointed. I'm here to help you today. I'm going, I'm telling y'all, y'all better be here Thursday night because I'm going to bless you. That spirit of jealousy will rob you of your victory. It will rob you of your peace. It will rob you of your place of prospering. You got to begin to get over envy and jealousy because here it is. Eliab is angry because David, and he don't realize David's going to be the one that's going to save his life. But he's still, he's still feeling some kind of way. Because notice what he notice what he says about David. Can we go back to seventeen now? I'm, I'm just I just want you to see it for yourself. I don't want you to think that I put it in there. I didn't do it. This is God's book. I'm just reading it. Verse twenty eight. Y'all with me, right? We in First Samuel seventeen. Back. Let's just go to the next page. But when David's oldest brother Eliab heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep? Uh oh. Y'all missing this. Woo! I feel like shouting up in here. Y'all. God, if I had a suit on, I'd run. Listen. I need some jogging pants. I need some jeans on something. Listen. Listen. Let me help y'all. Listen what he's listen, listen. He said, What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? Let me help you. Let me help you. Notice what people say about your seed. Iliad is trying to make his assignment seem insignificant. He's trying to make his assignment feel less important than being at war. 
Joker, I just brought you a grilled cheese. If you didn't have meat, you wouldn't be eating right now. See, you see, see, they, you, you, you see, you see, see, you got the wrong attitude against the person who's been assigned to come and bless you. See, you're trying to talk down and to come up against with an angry spirit because he's just doing what he's been commanded to do by his father. He was just being obedient, and as he got to the scene, he began to see something that was out of order. But you cannot project on me that my assignment is less than your assignment because we're working in two different fields. Oh my God. It would be foolish for me to say that something else's assignment is small based on the capacity or the particular amount of people that they have to deal with. My work is no less significant than Pastor John Hannes because he has 10,000 members or 15,000 members. My work is still as much as significant for the people that I have to pour into. I have to still yet be responsible for souls just as he's responsible for souls. And you got to understand something. What about those few sheep? Notice, I don't know who it was, but I need you to get this in your spirit. One of somebody had put it up. I don't know if it was Pastor YPJ or something. But he started talking about, he said, you know how when you start a business, you say, I got this small business. He said, stop calling it small. Just say you start a new business. He said, because you start calling it small, it'll stay small. So you just, I start a new business or I start a new, a, a, a new adventure or something new. Or I, you know, I'm, I'm going to the next level. And so he's saying, he said, those few sheep. Because he's trying to make what he does as not as important or insignificant. He's trying to make David feel some type of way because he's not a warrior. He's just a shepherd boy. And see, that's what the enemy try to do. He'll try to pull you out of the place of being confident in who you are and try to make you think that you are who you used to be or what you're doing is not significant or what your assignment is called to do. Don't you know, Sister Michelle, just because she'll come and she'll tend and she's uh, passing these armor bear and they'll be like, well, it ain't all that to go get her water and, and have her shoes ready and, 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 and help her get her tea ready. That ain't nothing. Oh. Oh, for real? But you didn't know that when you, you got to be in a position to block some stuff from getting to her while you carrying the tea. Because on your way to get the tea to her, the enemy could come and try to taint your tea. But she has been given the armor to protect and walk in her assignment. I'm just using an example. Ain't nobody said that. I want nobody to go getting deep and starting to think spooky. Oh my God, who said that? Get out your flesh, devil. I just, I, I just heard it in the spirit because I heard somebody say, hey, who told my pain? Who told my dick and Who did? Get out of your life. Come on. Just, I'm just using it as an example. Lord Jesus, I'm building an illustration. Nobody said nothing. So, so if she, so if, if somebody did and, and she heard about that, she can't allow her confidence and for her to draw back. She has to be reassured in who she is and what God has assigned for her to do. And so here it is, Eliab trying to tell Dave, oh, few sheep. Ain't you supposed to be able to take care of them sheep, boy? What you doing out here? He said, now no, no, look at what he look at what he talks. Look what he tries to put on David. I know about your pride and deceit. Who what? When did I become prideful? He thinks that David became prideful because he's been anointed king. See, this is how jealousy comes in because you don't realize that somebody else's anointing is not your anointing. 
Accept what God has anointed you to do and walk in that and God will bless you in that. But we want to be in a place where I want they anointed. I want to be the one to get the water. I want to be the one to get apostles towels. You don't want to watch them sweaty towels. You don't want that assignment. Deacon, Deacon Ryan didn't even want it in the beginning because he would pick up the towels with a plastic bag and say, I ain't touching. I need some rubber gloves. I need some, I need all kind of stuff because I ain't touching that sweaty mess. I mean, I'm just telling you how God grew him and he, now he just come pick it up and get put it in his hand and do what he needs to do. But I'm telling you, there's grace on your life for whatever assignment God has given you to do. And you can't devalue it. You can't make it insignificant because the enemy going to try to come and tell oh, you prideful and deceitful. Where did that come from? You don't know me. You think that because I've been knowing a king that I got pride and I'm deceitful now? David was outside minding his business. He didn't come into the party and talk about, oh, please anoint me. No, God sent for him. Oh, my God. Jesus. And you have to realize, some people God has sent to be on assignment for certain things. And you have to be in a mission, in a mindset to say, well, let them accept where God has called them to be. And I'm going to get to where God wants me to be. All I got to do is keep being obedient and be confident in who I am. So let's keep reading. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some of the others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then, then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. So now, oh God, we got to close this thing out. Y'all ready? This is my first close, but we're going to close. <laughs> Soon. I need another towel now. <clears throat> Come on, Deacon Gene. That's my other arm, It's good. That one wore out. Y'all ready? Come on. This is closing number one. This is for my people in the back. So listen, first Samuel 17. He said, don't worry about the Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. What? Wait a minute. Hold on, man. How are you going to go fight a Goliath? And all you've been doing is working with shepherds, working as a shepherd boy, taking care of goats and sheep. You ain't never went to no skillful. You've never gone through basic training. You never had no military official training. You, you, you've never been on the battlefield. You don't, even, you, you don't even have a weapon. How you gonna go to war and you don't have a weapon? So listen what happens. Verse 33, listen, that, hey, now here comes the other person that tries to talk down David's confidence. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Notice, he said there is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. He said, not only, are you, not only can you not fight him, but there's no way you're going to win. Can you imagine what that can do to someone's confidence? Can you imagine how damaging that can be? Can you imagine how that can push you back and, 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 and make you feel as though now you become your self-esteem is shot? Now your confidence is shot? But notice what David says. He goes on. Look, he's, Saul's still talking. He said, you're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. Here we go. Saul has no confidence in David, but he has all the confidence on how the Philistines been trained. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's how the enemy gets you to a point in place to become succumb and to now be subject to his particular words. And now you take on his particular perception of what he's projected upon you and you think that this is who you are. So this is why you have to be careful that you cannot allow other, pre other, ever, other people's opinions of you to be uh, projected upon you. And then you walk in and receive that. He said, you're only a boy. 
Highlight that because we're in the New Living Translation. I'm going I'm to I'm let you see something later on. Highlight you're only a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. So in other words, he's saying, look, David, this joker been training for war since he was your age. Verse 34. But David persisted. Now, who, 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 who is eager to get into a battle? Who was, who was eager to get into the fight with the schoolyard bully? Who was running up after school to fight him? They was running the opposite direction. Nobody was signing up to fight that joker. You just went ahead. You, 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 know, you, 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 didn't, you, didn't, you didn't start no fights with somebody you know you couldn't handle. Let's just come on and be real with yourself. Now, you thought, you know you was big and bad, but you didn't really go up to the person that was big and badder than you. You just stayed amongst your own particular circle who you knew you could beat, and you huffed and puffed at them, and you intimidated them long enough that you got into a fight, and you beat them, and everybody thought you was big and bad, but somebody was bigger and bad than you. You ain't never come at them. It got real quiet. Don't, I just, I, I'm, maybe I'm just talking about me. because I'm. They say, but David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to the pagan Philistine too for he has uh, defied the armies of the living God. Now notice this. Here it is. David begins to qualify him for the battle. He qualifies himself for the battle. He speaks confidence. He says, listen, I have had experience that other people have not experienced. I have been in war in a different type of field. See, I've still been at war, but I've just been in a different type of field. He said, now I've had to be in a place where the lion and the bear has come to snatch one of my lambs, and I had to be responsible for protecting the sheep. And he said, I ran after the lion, and I grabbed that joker and hit him upside the head with the club. Why? Because I was protecting what was valuable to me. I was protecting what belonged to me. And see, this is where your confidence has to be. You got to be confident and you got to protect what belongs to you. You got to protect your peace. You got to protect your mind. You got to protect your heart. You got to, you cannot allow the enemy to come in and disrupt your peace and disrupt your particular and bring in confusion and torment and all this doubt and all this unbelief. You got to be willing to fight for that thing. So David, in his confidence, he said, I, 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 know I, can, I know I can take out this particular Philistine. Verse 37. Notice this. Because what does confidence do? It takes trust in the one who you believe to have confidence in. Now, this is God. David has trust in God. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. So that's the confident talk you got to have. That's how confident you got to be. That's how you have to talk. That's how strong you got to be. That's how confident you have to be. The Lord rescued me. Notice, he didn't take any credit that it was him and his club. He said, the Lord rescued me. So you have to place victory where victory is supposed to be placed. You got to give credit to where credit is due. You got to say, God did this. God brought me out of this. God delivered me. God gave me the strength to do that. God blessed me to overcome that. God gave me the victory to move forward in my life. He gave me that. You got to begin to recognize and honor God. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the cause of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine. Why? Because that builds your confidence. And it says, Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said. And may the Lord be with you. Now, now, whoa. So now, we get ready to close. This is the second closing. <laughs> so now, Saul tries to put his armor on David. 
I just got another revelation, another. I just got to, Lord, why you keep messing with me like this? Notice this. I wanna, can, I'm just hypothetically, and just, I think, my opinion, another reason why Saul was trying to put his armor on David is because if David goes out in Saul's armor, the people will think Saul was fighting. Come on. Because Saul is still dealing with pride. Paul's still dealing with his own his own uh, issues of being rejected. And so anybody that's been rejected, they have the tendency to try to now validate themselves in their own strength and try to make themselves look bigger and mightier than they actually are. And so it was now even more Saul wanted David in his armor because if he goes out in Saul's armor, they'll be like, oh, that's the king's armor. That was King Saul who killed Goliath because why? Saul's not ready to release the throne. Saul's not ready to hand over the kingdom. Even though the anointing has lifted, he's not ready to come off the throne. He's not ready to understand the fullness that his assignment is finished because God's hand is off of him. How many people are on assignment and God's anointing and his hand is not on you for that? You're fighting something that you'll never win because God has not anointed you. God has not graced you for it. God has not given you the ability for it. God has not given you the wisdom for it. And you're trying to get into something that God has not even given you the purpose or the power or the ability to overcome it. He said, so, so Saul, so David said, look, man, I, I can't work in that. That's not what I fight with. So verse 41. Thank you. This is my third close. He said, Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. Notice this. Once again, Goliath tries to intimidate David. He tries to intimidate David as he's done with the army of Israel in the past. He thinks that David is on the same caliber as everyone else he's had to face. But don't you know that when the enemy comes at you and he, you've been anointed, that now he's facing a different person. You've been in the gym working out. You've been strengthening yourself. You've been running and you've been on the treadmill and you've been doing things to increase your stamina. And now you're ready to fight. Now you're ready to go. Now you're ready to win. He says, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He said, today the Lord will conquer you and I will I will I will kill you and cut off your head and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is God there is a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people but not with sword and spear this is the Lord's battle he will give it to us yeah. now notice this notice how David does not have a spirit of pride after his brother tried to accuse him of being prideful and deceitful notice how his language is he said, this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. Amen. Not me, not the Lord give you to me. He said to us. David had not even enlisted in the army, but he became a part of the army to do a work and be on assignment to accomplish something that God had put in his heart to do. And so now he took on that. But he said, listen, this victory is not about me. It's about us. 
Because if I defeat the Goliath, it's about God getting the glory. It's about him being lifted up. It's about him being magnified. This is why we have to be careful that we understand that we have to walk in humility. Verse 48, as Goliath moved close to the attack, David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching into the shepherd's bag and taking out the stone. He hurled it with the sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell fell face down to the ground. So David tried over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, and he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. And we close it at verse it said, when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, what happened? Who were they trusting in? Him. The stronghold. Goliath. They were depending on him. As long as he was threatening the army of Israel, they were fighting with him. But as soon as they knew he was down, they started running like the children of Israel, like the Israel army was, was running from, from, uh, from, from, from uh, Goliath earlier. Then the men of Israel of Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath. And the gates of Ekron, the bodies of the dead were wounded Philistines, were strong along the road of Shemar from Ekron to this. And then verse 55, we close on the fourth and final last verse. As Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? The reason why I read that is because what did Saul call him earlier? A boy. But after he saw him win the battle, he has another perception of him. He calls him a young man now. See, when you begin to walk in your calling and you begin to walk in what God has blessed you to walk in, when you walk in the confidence of God, people will recognize that you serve the true and living God. They'll recognize that they can't come to you with that foolishness. They'll recognize that they can't, they can't deceive you and they can't, you know, get nothing over you and, and pull the wool over your eyes. You have wisdom. You have discernment. You have confidence. You have the ability and the power to trust in the Lord thy God. And so we give God praise that God, I'm, I'm, decreeing, I'm decreeing and declaring that my seed of confidence is producing my victory. Yeah. I need you to put that in your comments. My seed of confidence is producing my victory. My seed of confidence is producing my victory. Why? Because as I walk in confidence, it's bringing me to my victory. Because why? David walked in confidence and he was able to destroy Goliath. Everybody around who was walking in fear, they were being intimidated. They were being tormented. Why? Because those things are attached to the spirit of fear. That's why the scripture says that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. Because that spirit of fear comes to bring torment. So we give God the praise. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise. Stand up, I'm gonna pray for you real quick. Brother Vincent and Sister Norma, stand up, I'm gonna pray for you. And Sister Bridget um, Haretos, stand up, I'm gonna pray for you. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Minister Suzette, God. 
I thank you, Lord, for the grace that's on her life. I thank you, Lord, that you're building her up, God, to be the woman of God you have called her to be, Father. I release grace over her life. I release strength over her life. I release peace over her life. And I pray that you continue to use her for your glory, Father God. I pray that you continue to allow her to move in her assignment, God, in her confidence in who she has been created to be, Father. I pray that, Lord, you continue to supply all of her needs, Father God, that you will bless her hands and everything she touched, you allow it to prosper. I decree miracle signs and wonders, God, to follow her, God, as she is a believer in you on today father I speak life to her body there will be no sickness no illness no plague that shall come nigh her dwelling I decree supernatural miracles God to be upon her life and that Lord you will keep her in perfect peace as she keeps her mind stayed on you father God I pray that Lord she'll be obedient to the things that you have called her to do father God and that you will order her steps and keep her on the straight and narrow path that leads unto righteousness father and we decree blessings over her life and it's in Jesus name we pray amen and amen Father God, I thank you for Brother Vincent and Sister Norma, God. I thank you, Lord, for them standing, God. I thank you, Lord, that they're persevering, God. I thank you that they're progressing and moving forward, Father. I thank you that, Lord, they're receiving the word of God every week, God, as they come into this building, God. I pray that you continue to join them together, close-knit. God, I thank you that, Lord, nothing will come in and bring asunder and separate them, Father God, that they're growing together in oneness, God, that they have become one flesh on today, Father God. I decree blessings over their home on today father god i decree financial miracles god to be in their life on today father god that you're supplying all of their needs according to your riches and glory by christ jesus i speak life over them i command the spirit of life and divine health to be their portion on today no sickness no illness no plague shall come nigh their dwelling father god and i thank you that the business plans and the vision that brother vincent has god that you will allow them to come to pass on today father god that you allow them to move forward to the forefront and that he will fulfill his every his every desire and compassion as it relates to business ventures on today God enlarge his territory on today enlarge his territory right now father God that Lord you're expanding his borders on today that Lord you're making room for him oh my God I see the Holy Spirit God's making room for you brother Vincent and God is going to allow that peace to reign like never before and I decree the blessings of the Lord that make it rich and add it no sorrow and it's in Jesus name we pray amen and amen father God, I thank you, Lord, for Sister Bridget Haretos on today, God. I thank you, Lord, that she is a woman of God. She's a woman of prayer. She's a woman of godly character. I pray that you continue to stir her up on today, Father God. I pray that, Lord, she will put running in her feet on today. You will put running in her feet, Father God, that she will continue to run towards you like never before. I command the spirit of slowfulness, stagnation to be broken off of her life. I command her to be about her father's business and that she will be on the assignment that he has called her to walk in, Father God, that she will walk in confidence God and who she's been created to be knowing that she is fearfully and wondrously made father God and I decree miracle signs and wonders God to be wrought at her hands father God I thank you Lord that everything in her body that may be out of alignment it is lining up father God I thank you Lord that everything in concerning her health is lining up with you on today God there be no outbreaks God of MS and different things in her body I thank you that everything is well I seal her in the blood right now father God there will be no side effects God there will be no, no, no limited mobility in her limbs, Father God. I thank you that she will be strengthened to walk, Father God. She'll be strengthened to have movement of every activity of her limbs, Father God. And that you're strengthening her from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, Father God. I thank you that you're giving her revelation knowledge. I thank you that you're giving her the power to stand, God. That she will begin to call those things that be not as though they were. I decree that her voice will prophesy to her marriage. Her voice will prophesy to her home. Her voice will prophesy to those things around her, God. And that she will begin to speak life in the name 
of Jesus, God. I deliver her, Father God, from every spirit that's not like you on today. Low self-esteem, low confidence is not your portion. Roko Shabbata. Mm. I bind condemnation in the name of Jesus. Roko Shabakanda Rekusaba. Rikushimanda Rikushaka. I loose blessings over you in the name of Jesus. And I speak life by the power of the blood of Jesus. And it is so. And we still every prayer in the blood of Jesus. That God, you will get the glory. God, you will get the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, the Holy Spirit told me to share this, this next thing I'm about to share. I don't know the fullness of it, but I'm just being obedient. I missed one part of it. I, I can't remember it. But now you, you can take it how you want to take it. There's going to be a shortage of coffee. But he said the shortage of coffee, he said for you to cut back on drinking coffee. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit told me. I was, I got up about 3.34 in the morning. I didn't get out of the bed, but I was laying in the bed up. And, and the Holy Spirit just, he said, it was something else he told me, but I, it was, I forgot it. It was something else he said there was going to be a shortage of something. And I don't know what it was. And I'm not jumping on nobody's bandwagon or what nothing is. He kept reminding me, and he just reminded me again to share with the people. But he said, the shortage doesn't have to affect us if you just cut back on drinking. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit said. Just cut back on how much coffee you drink, and God is it won't be a shortage. Yeah, just, I don't know what I don't know what the fullness of this is. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. Now you can do with it what you want. I'm just being obedient to what he told me to do. Somebody may need to cut back on their coffee. I don't know how much coffee you drink. I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's decaffeinated. I don't know if it's Folgers, Hills Brothers. I, he ain't told me all that. He just told me to tell you, cut back on your coffee. It's going to be a shortage of coffee, and you just have to begin to, if you cut back on it, it won't be a problem. Amen? Amen. Amen. Sister Denise, I just need you to stand up. Get a mic, because I want you just get a mic. I don't want you to share nothing about what I said. All I want you to share is that you had that you what you said to me last week concerning that I was a true prophet or whatever that I see. I just want you to say that part. You ain't got to say I shared something with her and she was just in amazement and she said everything that I've ever spoken to her, I want her to share it. That's Sister Denise in the back. Go ahead, stand up and, and share it real quick. I am a shy person. I don't like to be in the forefront, so. <laughs> That's why I said, just say, so you ain't got, I want you to tell none of your business. That's all I want you to do is share what you, what you showed me. Ministered to me uh, about a dream he had, and uh, it was definitely on point. Everything that he ministered to me about, and um, even when I initially came to the ministry about a month ago, when Apostle ministered to me and said the enemy was trying to take my mind, that's exactly what the enemy was trying to do. And God delivered me, and um, I just been so blessed because I know that he has the anointing of the prophetic on his life and it is so pure. God is trusting this man with this anointing because Amen. he is so pure and his heart is so pure before God. And uh, I just believe what he says is, is straight from, from the throne. Amen. Amen. Listen. I'm, 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 I had her. I want her to share that because 
when she shared it with me, it was encouraging because as you release things, it, it, it ain't just about releasing stuff and don't nothing happen. Or nothing comes to pass and there's no confirmation, there's nothing. That's just words wasted. Because a lot of people will prophesy and nothing comes to pass. I need to ask you if you're a prophet. Amen. I need to ask you who you, who you listen to. Amen. Just that's the bottom line of it. And we have to be confident in what God has given us to do. Amen. And I appreciate when she shared that because it's just encouragement. Because right. yep. some may not believe fully yeah, in what God is doing and how he'll do it. That's why he told me, he said, what you do with the coffee is on you. I'm just a messenger. <laughs> I'm so, this minister season so hilarious. I love it. But the other, this, that's, that's, I want to share that. This is the last thing I'm going to share. Then we're going to take communion and we're going to go home. I, I want you all to understand um, the, the blessing of how God, how God ministers and what God will do and not to limit God. I want us to, to pray for pastors, not just praying for me, but pray for pastors and leaders in this hour. And for those who actually have vision and those who are actually doing the work of the ministry, those who are actually standing on the wall with integrity and godly character. I hear in Pastor Hannah's voice the frustration when he's ministering because I'm listening from a pastor's perspective. They've gotten into the building and then we in this pandemic and everybody's not coming back full throttle like things need to be. They don't have 5,500 square feet. They got over 100 some thousand square feet or whatever that path. the building sits on so many acres. It's, it's a lot. And God has graced them to be in that place. And we have to understand the magnitude of carrying the weight of the assignment that God has placed on leadership. So we have to begin to think about what part do I play to help carry the burden of the vision? And be committed to that assignment that God has put in your heart to do. And God, he's, he was just ministering. A couple of weeks ago, he's ministering about, you know, people being in their particular seat and being a proper leader, being what they need to do and this and that. And I knew what he was speaking of and how people will get in a place and they'll get comfortable. They say, well, I don't have to do that work. I don't have to work like that. No, it's more work to do once you get into a place to do what's necessary in order to keep things moving forward. And we want to stay in that vein and we want to keep pastors encouraged. And he was talking this morning and Pastor Mike Todd came to him during the service during this week. And he began to minister to him. He said, don't stop imagining. Now, when you're dealing with somebody that's a visionary, like Pastor John Hannah, he sets out to imagine things and he accomplishes it. He does it. He'll go out and get the thing done and he'll do it. And I, I have visions like that. There's so many different things. And he has said something. He said, what if, he said, he said, he's already, he's imagining. He said, what if we have prayer at Soldier Field? Instead of the, the, the 12 hour prayer that they've had in different hotel He said, what if we had a day at Soldier Field? No, this is from, this is from Pastor Hannah. I'm not going to tell. I'm the, I'm the, this is what he shared on his, his thing. I know, Pastor. I just Oh, yeah. I'm not going to share my part. But I, I'm not going to share my part. I was just, I'm just, just going forward. I, thank you, Pastor. I'm not going to share my part. I know we're going to flow with it. And so he was just sharing that of how he's a visionary and how Pastor Todd, Pastor Michael Todd had encouraged him. He said, keep, having, keep imagining. And he said, at that, he said, that thing ministered to him because he was like, God, he was like, I was kind of losing it where I didn't want to imagine as much because he was like, you know what? I, I, I don't have the people seem like they don't want to help, you know, push this thing forward. And sometimes you have to be 
in a position where God will remind you, don't stop imagining based on what some won't do because God will raise up others that will do. And what happens is we get intimidated when people start doing what they do and you look around, you're not here. You say, well, how they start doing something? Well, you ain't been here in 29,000 days. And so this, I can't use you if you're not available. And so what happens is God's going to send them to help, send them the things and the resources, and God's going to bless, and it's going to encourage. And I just want you to encourage, to encourage the pastors and leaders who are really doing the work of the ministry. And the night when, when Apostle Abigail Hillier was there, I'm going to share this part. We're going to take communion. We're going home. For many of y'all, there were people on the live who said, I had never heard this man of God. And I, I wasn't in shock by that because I know the, the circle of, well, the, the type of people who follow Pastor Hannah. There's a younger generation. They don't know Apostle Ivy Hillier. And, and people don't look at other ministries or pastors that are actually doing something. Y'all look at them jackleg folks. All them jackleg folks you're looking at on Facebook ain't about half of them ain't about you. Find somebody that's got some character, that's preaching the word of God, and that's telling some truth besides all that yippity yap. So they didn't know Abby Hilliard. Abby Hilliard is anointed for prosperity. And some people are intimidated by his method. And they don't understand what he's been graced to do. Because in the body of Christ, we get intimidated by money. So some of us would have looked at the service, and, and there were some trolls on there that <laughs> were looking at the service, and they'll begin to say, Oh, what is, what is he doing? So he called out. He said, who's going to give $1,000? He said, he was giving 1000 He said, who's going to stand with you with 1000 He told him to come to the front, and he counted out the thousands. Then he said, who's going to give us, uh, uh, no, who's going to give over 1000 He counted them out. And they called out what they were going to give. Then he told them to sit down. Who's going to give 1000 He counted them out. At the end of the thing, for the people who had came up, they had raised $166,000, $160,900. That was just right there who came up. I'm encouraging you because I want you to know that when you put seed in the ground and when they, when they, when they were, I was watching the service, Holy Spirit said, sow into that ground. Hey. I don't know. It's, a, it's another part of this series we're going to talk about the importance of sowing into new ground. Mm -hmm. See, some of y'all been sowing into old ground and God told you to get out of that ground from sowing and sow into some new ground. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you about that because he ministered that to me. So that was new soil that I sowed into in that particular, that particular service. I've sowed in John Henry's ministry before because we had the leadership conference and he went to his conference. But I want you all to understand the significance of sowing and what God will do when you release the seed. There was an anointing that night for prosperity. That's for you to raise, I mean, he raised way more than $160,000 that night. And people will get intimidated by that. Well, what are you going to do with all that? You got, he has a $25 million building. Can you imagine what the note is on that? Yeah. The mortgage on that? I, I, want, I don't want to have to. God, you ain't ready? I ain't ready for that mortgage yet. But I want you to be encouraged for what God will do and how he'll move. Don't be intimidated when people have been gifted and anointed in prosperity and they come and they'll begin to instruct people on how to give and they give and God will bless the people. He was given an assignment, he fulfilled it. And when God, and some things that we're going to be doing next year, I'm expecting people to be in a, in a place to fulfill the assignment because we got somewhere to go. God's given me vision for the next four years and I want God to do something great. Who gets vision for the next four years? It's, it's, he keep adding some stuff to it. But God's going to give us revelation. He's going to give us understanding because we got to keep pushing. Don't take your foot off the gas. That's what, that's what Pastor Mike Todd told him. He said, don't take your foot off the gas, Pastor Hannah. And if y'all get a hold of Pastor Mike Todd in his crazier faith series that he's teaching in, his night was, was phenomenal. They, they just purchased another million dollar building that was, I don't know, 20 or 30 million dollars. They paid off their building in six months.
over $10 million in six months. That's the power of God. And see, when it's your season and when it's your time and when it's your time to prosper and for God to have you in that forefront, that's what God will do. Amen. I'm just giving you things that's in order to celebrate the body of Christ because we, I'm like David. We in this together. Amen. So come on, let's prepare and take our communion so we can go home. Those of you at home, get your communion ready. Those are in the building, if you can, just stand to your feet as we prepare to take communion this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time of communion, Father. We ask you to bless this communion as we partake in it, Father. You said as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we do show forth the Lord's death until he comes. I release blessings over this communion this morning. I pray the Lord as we partake in it, God, you will bring forth healing. You'll bring forth deliverance. You'll bring forth strength to our bodies. And we just release the blessings over it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 24, and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with his blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of, a, of the Lord unworthy is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if, you would examine our, if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet... When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If you are really hungry, eat at home so you won't, be ju you won't bring judgment upon yourselves when you meet together. I'll give you instructions about the matters after I arrive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, we have to know why we're partaking, partaking in this communion. Amen? And those of you all who are saved and receive Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, this is what we do in remembrance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death until he come. So this cracker, whatever you may have, this wafer, this is a representation of the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So may we all eat together. After his body had been crucified and blood was shed on Calvary for the remission of sins. And as we partake in this blood, this is a remembrance of the salvation that we receive by his shedding of his blood. So may we all drink together. Amen. We thank God for the communion. Amen. Is there anybody in the house that would like to become a member of New Covenant Worship Center? This is your opportunity to come forward and join this ministry partner with this ministry to become a member of New Covenant Worship Center. If you would like to become a member, come on in up to the forefront, up to the front. 
And we'll welcome you in as a member. Is there anybody in the house that would like to become a member of New Covenant Worship Center? Amen. This is your time and opportunity. Amen. Listen, we are getting ready to dismiss. So, um, Sister Bridget, Deacon Jerry, Minister Oliver, and Pastor Nick will meet in the hospitality suite. Um, Deacon Jerry and Minister Oliver, I'll meet in your office first, and then I will meet in the hospitality suite. Sister Bridget, you can wait for us in the hospitality suite. Listen. Let's dismiss. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the word today. Thank you for everything our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, Father. We release blessings throughout this week. We call for unexpected income. We call for increase in favor to rest upon your lives and that, God, you're going to meet us throughout the course of this week and that you're going to bless us. You're going to encourage us. You're going to keep us, Father, and that your Holy Spirit will move and reign like never before. We decree blessings. We decree miracles. We decree signs and wonders to manifest and that, God, you get the glory out of our life and that you will strengthen us and encourage us and keep us in perfect peace. I call for promotion, increase, and that you will receive the career and the job that you desire. That every person that desires to be gainfully employed, they will be employed. Every person that's seeking promotion and increase, they will be promoted and receive increase. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Keep us safe and keep us from hurt, harm, and danger. We bind all car troubles, all accidents, all traffic tickets, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. We are dismissed.